You're listening to Tarot Talk, and I'm your host, Holly Ramey. I'm going to serve you some practical magic and give you tips and tools to bring the mystical into your everyday life. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode number 41 of Tarot Talk. I'm your host, Holly Ramey, and I'm super excited and a little bit nervous to be sitting here with Brad Yates. He is an EFT expert. He's an author. He's an international speaker. Um, I've been watching his tapping videos for the last few years now, and they're amazing and transformational transformational. I already cannot speak. (laughs) Thank you so much. Those are the nerves. Thank you so much for sitting down with me, Brad. Welcome. Oh, my pleasure, Holly. Thank you for having me on. Um, So can we start by you just telling the listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do? What is EFT? And, And how does a grown man find himself tapping on his face for a living? Uh, yeah, I started out as an actor, actually. I traveled the world doing theater and went to Hollywood to become a movie star. And when I was there, I met a woman, fell in love, got married. And when our first child was on the way, I thought, you know, I should probably have a backup career. <laughs> so instead of getting like a you know steady nine to five job with a steady paycheck, I became a hypnotherapist because I'd always been fascinated with the power of the mind. And started doing that. And for the next couple of years was doing a little hypnotherapy, a little bit of acting or a little bit of trying to act. (laughs) And about uh, two and a half years later, when our second child was on the way, I realized that as much as I loved acting, doing this personal development work and working with folks to help them achieve their goals and self-actualize and things like that was really what I was here to do. That really felt like my calling. So we left Los Angeles and through some other hypnotherapists, I heard about energy psychology and tapping and went to a conference and took a one day training with Gary Craig, the founder of VFT, Emotional Freedom Techniques, mm. and thought, wow, this is, this is so cool. And I started introducing that into my hypnotherapy sessions little by little and little by little, they became tapping sessions yeah. because it's, it's such a simple technique for reducing stress, for helping us uh, shift how we're thinking, shifting how we're feeling. So I really enjoyed the, the process of teaching that to folks and using that to help them change their mindset. And then in 2007, it was right around the time YouTube started to become a thing. And I thought, hey, wouldn't it be cool if there was a tapping video that people could start their day with? And, and I'll call it tap of the morning. And that was all I intended to do. I had no idea of making more videos. It was like, there's going to be this one tapping video people can start their day with. Mm. And it was like six months later that I thought, you know, what if there was a video for them to end their day? And I'll call it tap of the evening. And mm. then I'm done. And then a little bit later, I had another idea. And then another, and now there's over 900 videos. <laughs> I mean, so many videos. I've been doing them for years and I'm still not even close to. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't think I've done one twice. Like, it's amazing how many you have on there. Um, okay, so let's go back to, you said you were working as an actor. You started working in hypnotherapy. So that is just like, hypnotherapy is is a form of, I don't know, how, how does one become a hypnotherapist? Is that a, like, 
Tell me a little bit about that. <laughs> well, there's some people who uh, do an online course that takes an hour. <laughs> and there's some of us uh, who go through a year-long uh, program studying okay. it and, and working in a clinic and having supervised hours and things like that. But it's just a mind-body process of allowing our our mind to be more open to new ideas. There's a part of our, you know, there's our conscious mind, which, and then our unconscious mind or non-conscious or subconscious, people use different words for that. And that part of the mind is much more powerful. But most of us, you know, we're just aware of the conscious mind. And there is a, there's a part of us that blocks new information. Right around age eight or so, is when we stop being such a sponge and taking in new ideas. And so after that, we tend to uh, reject new ideas that that, that uh, are contrary to what we already know. Mm-hmm. So if we have unfortunate beliefs that we've picked up early on, like I'm not good enough, I'm never going to amount to anything, I don't know how to handle money, my family doesn't get to have money, you know, all these things, when we have opportunities later on, part of it is like, no, 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 that doesn't fit with my worldview. Mm-hmm. Because we, we kind of need to have things set. When we get up in the morning, we need to know the gravity is going to bring our feet down to the floor. We don't want to have to relearn everything. So we, we learn things such that we can just do things automatically. But again, so much of that is misinformation and, yeah. and it's limiting. So Hypnosis is a way of calming down the conscious mind so that we have an opportunity to shift what's going on in the unconscious mind. Tapping does the same thing in a, in a, in a different way. Because if you thought of tapping as nothing more than stress relief, what happens is when we are confronted with a new idea, like, well, actually, you could handle money. Actually, you could be successful. Actually, you are worthy and deserving of the best this world has to offer we have a stress response. It's like, oh, warning, that's, that's dangerous. That doesn't fit with what I know. So when we're tapping, we're calming down that stress response and we start to be able to say, oh, you know, maybe, maybe that is true. Maybe, maybe that is a possibility. And I, I believe that even deep inside, we do know that's the truth. Hmm. So as we calm down the stress response, when we're confronted with an unfamiliar idea, we're able to clear away what doesn't belong to get to the truth underneath. That's so interesting that you say that that happens around eight years old when we start to really solidify our beliefs and and become less open to new ideas. And like, I, I notice in my life, I had a pretty chaotic childhood. And so I am pretty rigid <laughs> to new ideas, even though I do the work that I do. That's very like a cult and, and rebellious in many ways. Um, <laughs> I am very specific as to like what new ideas I can take in. And some things I'm just like, Mm-mm, no, not at all. Where my partner, who's an artist and a creative, like an illustrator, um, tends to be much more open and like a total dreamer. It can really go out there and like, and explore in like what feels to me like outer space. And I'm like, no, uh, 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 that's not logical. Yep. Um, and so I love how this allows you to like bypass that part of yourself that stays so rigid. Right. But 
But why do you think we are so resistant to change and so rigid? Do you think that it is because of like childhood trauma or like fear, basically? Absolutely. It's, it's fear. It's because our prime directive is to keep ourselves safe. And so we learn what is safe and, and what isn't. And it, you know, maybe totally circumstantial. It's like, if we are around unhealthy people, then we learn being around people is not safe. I'm not safe around people. I need to watch what I say. Now that's not true with all people, but in our limited experience, we think it's all people. Mm. And so the idea, you know, so for instance, your partner may have had that creativity nurtured, whereas you may not have. And so, you know, for, for him to create something and share it with someone is, uh, is a positive experience. He, He has learned that that's a positive experience for someone else who has drawn a picture and early on told, well, you have no talent. That's painful. So we learn, okay, sharing my artwork with someone is painful. Don't do that again. Mm -hmm. So it's all designed to protect us. And, and we get these messages and we're not able to say, okay, it's just, I can't share my artwork with this particular person when they've had a bad day or when they've been drinking or, you know, there are other times where it might be safe, but it's no, we just learn. So it's like, if you were to, as a child, to put your hand on a hot burner on the stove and most of us would learn, oh, okay, don't do that. Don't touch the burner when it's, when it's red. But we might learn, don't ever touch the burner. So you can never clean your stove because you can't go near it. We may even generalize more than that. You cannot go near the stove or you cannot go into the kitchen. And so here we are limiting ourselves because like, oh, because if I go into the kitchen, I will get burned. Mm-hmm. So we have all of these beliefs that are there to protect us. So understandably, there's a part of us that says, yeah, I, I'm doing this to protect us. Why would I want to change this? Mm-hmm. And we can say, well, it's a misunderstanding. It's just the hot burner that's unsafe. It's like, no, no, don't, don't even confuse me. Don't, don't mess with me. I just, I'm just safer staying away from the stove. That's so... It's allowing ourselves to to calm down that that response and say, "Okay, I may have misunderstood. It's not. It's, it's only the stove when it's on. It's only this particular person or this particular person when they've been drinking or whatever it might be." Mm-hmm. So you were talking about um, the the nervous system kind of response, our actual physical body, which is interesting. And when I was looking on your website, um, you know, I saw all of these, uh, things that that's happening can actually, um, create change in the physical body, like in our cortisol levels and our immune system, our blood pressure, anxiety, pain, depression, PTSD, like all of these things. And you think of something called emotional freedom technique, Right. And how it's connected to the brain and the emotions. But then there's all this research done about how it's affecting the physical body. So is that because um, you're getting the body and the parasympathetic nervous system and like you can produce like how is that connection? Yeah. Well, and the mind body connection is there. So, you know, emotions are they're called feelings because we feel them. 
it's like we don't sit there totally relaxed and totally chill and go, gosh, I'm really furious with Bob right now. <laughs> it's like, no, we feel this tension in our body. Yeah. So that's why having this uh, somatic component, as, as they put it, this body, using your body while also talking about the mind, because there is that connection. And so it allows us to have that, that shift. And as you said, yeah, the, we have the sympathetic nervous system where the amygdala in our brain responds to threat and puts us into fight or flight. And we pump things like cortisol through the body. And, and then there's the parasympathetic nervous system where the mind says, okay, it's okay. You know, everything's all right. You can all go back to your homes. There's nothing more to see here. <laughs> Relax. And so the tapping ex expedites that, that thing. And when we look at all the different benefits of tapping, you know, all the different emotional issues that it can help with, it can help with our financial life, our spiritual life, and, and also our physical life. And some people say, oh, that sounds like scary. It's like, okay, but if you, again, if you only think of tapping as a stress relief tool, when you can, most, if not all of our issues, are either caused by or worsened by stress, then it makes sense that it's so beneficial in so many different areas. Hmm. Do you find that once you start tapping on a certain thing that um, it can start to bring up like other issues that... Oh, yeah. <laughs> so when I first found tapping, it was around money stuff, right? And um, security and stability and making money and all of these things. And I started tapping all the time on my money beliefs, my money beliefs. But what started happening is I started to realize all these codependent patterns that I had in my relationship. And it was almost like the more I tapped on the money, the more the relationship stuff came up. And it was like, almost like the, I don't know, like my brain was like, no, 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 you have to deal with this. <laughs> this is the issue. Um, so how does that happen? How is that all connected? Yeah, we often talk about how when we're tapping, it's like peeling the layers of the onion. Mm. Because there is stuff that we don't want to look at. And so we stop ourselves from seeing it. And when we're tapping and we're clearing out that stress and that resistance and that fear, suddenly it's like opening new doors and seeing boxes that we didn't know were in there and having the freedom to open. It's like, you know, oh, okay, that's where that stench is coming from. <laughs> There's some moldy old stuff in some of these boxes that I've been faintly aware of, but not directly aware of. And we get used to it. So it's like we're walking around in a house and we've got moldy old stuff in boxes in the attic or in the basement or wherever. And we just kind of go through life. It's like, something smell? no, no, there's no smell. No, it's fine. And, and we're limiting our experience without being aware of it. Because the part of it says, don't, don't look there. Don't open that door. You can't handle it. And as we're tapping, we start to know it is safe. And so we start to see that stuff. And, and, everything is interrelated in some way or another. So it's not unusual at all to be tapping along and going, Oh, hey, this is about this too. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's a great opportunity. It's like, wow, here, I just thought I was dealing with my money stuff. And now I have 
an opportunity to have an even more open relationship and even more fulfilling relationship and clear up stuff that, you know, I wasn't even aware of was bothering me where, you know, part of you was going through and going, is there a smell? No, 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 it's fine. Yeah. (laughs) now, Now I can really clear that stuff out. Yeah. I think that's amazing. So <clears throat> you mentioned um, money stuff and emotional stuff. What kinds of things um, have you like personally healed or do you work with in your clients? It's like everything, right? You can tap on anything. <laughs> well, yeah. One of the catchphrases with EFT is try it on everything. Yeah. And I've worked with people on all kinds of things. I, Fortunately, I didn't have anything to work with. I was already perfect before I found tapping. But uh, <laughs> the, the, the thing that, that when I first learned EFT that really sold me on it was uh, Gary gave everybody little Hershey's Kisses and said, okay, on a scale, scale of zero to 10, how much would you like that chocolate? And I was a bit of a chocoholic at the time. And I was like eight, nine. Yeah. And after just a few moments of tapping, I could not eat it. Wow. I, I had as much interest in the uh, chocolate as I did the foil wrapper. And I, I actually didn't eat chocolate for two years after that incident. Um, I got better. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> I'm <not> so <laughs> yes, I, I recovered, but, and it, it's great. Cause then I can go back and at different times, like, you know, with the pandemic, I put on a lot of weight and decided, okay, the best way to deal with this is to stop eating sweets. So I just tapped on my cravings and, didn't touch sweets again for a long time. Yeah. Uh, and so that, that was one of the things that really sold, sold me on it. Uh, all kinds of different things in my area, in my life, in terms of business success, where places where I was holding myself back with, uh, with clients. Yeah. There have been, you know, physical issues of wanting to exercise, get in better shape, uh, wanting a greater spiritual connection, certainly plenty of people wanting to uh, clear their money blocks and allow themselves more financial freedom, uh, emotional and relationship things where they feel blocked and some clearing up past events that are upsetting, you know, where they are thinking of something that happened, you know, decades ago. And every so often it's triggering and they may even start crying just thinking about that and tapping is, is amazing and being able to clear out the the meaning that we give that kind of thing and the the misunderstanding such that someone can look at that and then say oh yeah that happened and it's no longer upsetting so when i'm tapping often i'll have either like a strong physical sensation um i'll feel like a tingling in the body um Sometimes I get like hot. Sometimes I get itchy. Sometimes I get like yawn and sneeze. So how does the the tapping actually work? Because you're just tapping on different points on your on your face, on your body, and you're saying these affirmations. Um, so can you talk a little bit about what those points are and how they're connected? Yeah. So the points are derived from acupuncture. So for thousands of years in Chinese medicine, they've said there's a flow of energy through the body along these pathways that are called meridians. And when the energy is flowing naturally, we experience our natural state of health and well-being. And when the energy gets stuck, we don't feel so good physically and or emotionally. 
So in traditional Chinese medicine, the doctor would stick needles in these same points that we're tapping to help stimulate that healthy flow of energy. So it was a psychologist named Roger Callahan who was learning about acupressure and introduced this with a, with a client who had a water phobia. And she said that the fear came up as a knot in her stomach. And he said, oh, okay, well, let's see. The meridian point for the stomach is right here under the eye. Let's see what happens if we tap there and see if we can relieve the stomach knot. And not only did her stomach better, she lost her fear of water. <laughs> so he was like, wow, that's really interesting. And, and, and the results that we get are not normally that quick. Those are yeah. the, the one minute wonders that do happen sometimes. Uh, but he started experimenting with different clients and finding that tapping different points related to different emotional issues. And he had uh, algorithms for tapping different points. And then Gary Craig was one of his first students. And Gary, who had been trained as an engineer, said, okay, well, rather than trying to figure out which points to tap, what if we just tap all the points in a row? So each of these points is associated with a particular meridian, which tends to be associated with a particular organ in the body, which tends to be associated with a particular emotion. Yeah. But the great thing, so we can focus on a particular point and a particular emotion or a particular part of the body, as some do, but we can also find benefits just by tapping through all of the points. And even without saying any words, we'll, we'll still be lowering the stress response and getting benefits. The words are just designed to try to take it deeper and really zone in on what, uh, what the issue is so we can really clear it out. Yeah. So the words are, I mean, they're really powerful. And before I ever found tapping, I was a big fan of like old school Louis Hay, like positive amazing, <laughs> listening to those like 101 power thoughts in the shower every morning. And like, I love that thought that like how you put it, like positive psychology and just like reintroducing these new ideas, even if you feel really kind of limited or rigid in introducing them just like listening them on on repetition over and over again so when you add in the meridian it's like you're combining these two therapies um and what i've noticed like tapping so consistently is that um you know my partner and i aren't always like wanting to in the same place wanting to tap on the same thing so like some days i'm feeling good but he's in a funk so we're gonna tap on like his thing and like pick something, you know, for the body. But always what happens is I'll find that I relate to it in some way. And so how do you, how do you know what to say when you're making these videos? <laughs> that's the, that's the great thing about this is that I don't, it's uh it's kind of like a channeling process. I not, I don't think I'm going to term I'm always hesitant to say channeling because people will think of like Esther Hicks and Abraham yeah, and uh, where there's a, a specific entity that's, mm -hmm. that's coming through. And I'm, I have no awareness of, Oh, it's Bob. Bob is now coming up with some tapping ideas through me. I, uh, but um, doing the tapping process, just ideas come to me and and as I'm tapping, I'm clearing out my resistance so that I'm able to be a much more open channel for creativity, for inspiration, insight, wisdom. And I'll say something. It's like, wow, that was brilliant. I wish I'd thought of it, <laughs> but it's not. Yeah. So, and, and again, tapping can be extremely beneficial without saying any words. 
So, but when people, for instance, see my videos and hear all the things that I'm saying, people think, oh, tapping is a really complicated process. You have to come up with all this, these words and all these phrases. And it's like, no, no. In fact, the very basic version of EFT is you, you tap, start by tapping on the side of your hand and saying, even though I have this issue, you know, maybe it's even though I feel stress, even though I'm angry at Bob, even though I'm feeling depressed and uh, I, I choose to love and accept myself. And then we go through each of the points saying all this stress, all this stress, all this stress. It, it, the, the basic version of EFT is that simple. Yeah. And then you, know, you can allow yourself to get creative with it and say, okay, there's something else I want to talk about because as those layers of the end start peeling, like, oh, you know, here I'm tapping about money and I'm thinking about being codependent. Okay. Even though I feel this codependence and I'm worried about what my partner thinks and this, and you kind of go with it. So you don't worry about the wording. And that's why I created the videos is so that people feel, oh, I can benefit from tapping without having to come up with the words. Mm -hmm. But I always tell folks, if you feel like saying something else during one of the tapping videos, by all means, go with that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm not claiming that every phrase that I say is going to be perfect for over 7 billion people on the planet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a general idea that it will be helpful for a certain number of people. And as you said, when you're tapping along with your partner on different issues and you still get benefit, uh, it's what we call borrowing benefits. We can be tapping along with someone else's issue and our mind will make associations to whatever's going on for us. And even if it's not, sh if you're, if we're not sure of any association and we're saying, yeah, that doesn't resonate with me, still the process of tapping is going to be clearing out disturbances in our energy system. Totally. And I relate to that because even when, <clears throat> you know, I'm looking at a tarot spread for a client, I don't say the same thing when I pull the same card every time right. I say something different based on a whole bunch of different factors, but your intuition. Yeah. yeah I'm just following my inner guidance. Of, yep. And I afterwards will think about it in the same. I'm like, Oh, I don't even know where that came from. I was just in flow in the moment. And you almost forget what you said. <laughs> I'll have people say, what was that phrase that you said? It's like, I, I, I have no idea. I, you'll have to go back and listen to the recording. I, I was in the zone. Yeah, it is. It's the zone. And you just like completely lose your, your kind of ego, which is the whole point of tapping. Right. And it comes from that unconscious place, yeah. um, which is so, so cool. So working with the, the unconscious, um, how do we, how do we know how to, um, like bypass the ego. Why is the ego so in charge? I think I was reading on your website, it's like 80 or 90% of our thoughts are coming from our yeah, unconscious. Yeah. yeah. So how do we, how do we even live? <laughs> well, the, the ego believes that it's protected us because the ego is that part of us that says, this is who I am. I'm a separate entity from everything else. Mm-hmm. And we have different ways of identifying ourselves, either by how we look, our race, our gender, our sexual orientation, how much money we make, whatever it might be. And that's part of what's formed in those first eight years is this is who I am. This is who my family is. This is what's possible for me and what's not right for me. And 
the ego is then, I heard a great phrase the other day about ego threatening is not the same as life threatening, mm. but the ego thinks it is. Mm. When the ego feels threatened, it, fe it says, we're going to die. It's like, no, 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 just you're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> and you won't even die. You're just going to get roughed up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, but, but yeah, the ego convinces us that it is life-threatening. Yeah. And that's where we have that stress response that says, stop, run away, whatever, get, get away from this, back off from this. You know, we have, for instance, a financial thermostat. We have an idea of, I'm allowed to make this much money. And just like a thermostat that when the temperature drops, the heater kicks in. If the temperature goes up, the air conditioning kicks in. Same with that financial thermostat. If I have an idea of I'm allowed to make this much money, if we start to make more, we've got to blow it. We've got to either go spend it. Uh, in the past for me, it was suddenly the car needed repairs. Yeah. <laughs> wow, hey, we've got a little bit more money. Oh, a tire blew out. Oh, man. <laughs> um, transmission's gone. So... We find ways to do that. And then we, if we dip down at a certain level, somehow we always, you know, we or we come up, we, we somehow miraculously find a new opportunity to make some money that gets us back into that comfort zone. Gotcha. The comfort zone. Um, so The ego's comfort zone. Yeah. <laughs> So I, you hear a lot of things like, especially in the spiritual world about like the ego and like the ego death. And like, I'm always a little like, I don't know if I want my ego to die. Like, right. So what, what is the goal? We're trying to actually retrain our ego, right? Just to like refine yes. what's safe. Yes, that's a, that's a much better way of, uh, you know, don't kill the ego, just re-educate the ego. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I'm like, if the ego dies, then we are just never scared, right? We'll just like jump off a bridge or... <laughs> well, and, you know, it's funny because with, with tapping, that's one of the things that often we come up against is this belief that I can't afford to let go of fear. If I didn't have fear, I would be stupid. If I wasn't afraid of heights, I'd jump off of buildings. Yeah. No, you're beyond your ego. You want to stay alive until this particular adventure is over. Uh, same with all these uncomfortable feelings that like the, you know, the bumper stickers that say, if you're not outraged, you're not paying attention. And that we, we need to be in a constant state of outrage so that we will be, uh, you know, motivated to create social change. It's like these uncomfortable feelings. I never talk about, I never want to call them emotion, uh, negative emotions because they're all beneficial. They're all part of the human experience, but there are uncomfortable feelings and it's kind of like a smoke detector. It's there to let you know that either there's a misunderstanding, like the battery needs to be changed or there's a fire that needs to be put out. Mm-hmm. But so often we just let the alarm go off and we just get so upset and we just keep, and then we start banging pots to, to try to drown out the noise and effective and the fire is still raging and burning out the, the kitchen, but we're just so busy. Oh, I'm so angry. And so it's a matter of going, oh, okay, thank you for letting me know there's something to deal with, but now I can go forward and I don't need to be in a state of fear to protect myself. You know, for instance, 
uh, you know, people say, oh, well, if I, I should be afraid about the pandemic because if I'm not afraid, I won't wear a mask or I won't social distance or I won't take precautions. But that's like saying, okay, when you are walking across a street and you're standing there and you go, oh, okay, I could just look both ways, but no, you know, I'm not feeling scared enough. I need to get myself worked up into a panic. I need to imagine getting hit by a car. Okay, now I'm freaking out. My heart is pounding. Okay, now I'll look both ways. <laughs> yeah. It's like we, we have a natural instinct to take care of ourselves and make good choices. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and, and so, but the ego has gotten confused about what is safe mm -hmm. and what it takes to be safe. And so as we clear the stress response, we have a greater opening to look at those beliefs and, and shift our ideas of how we're able to make change and what we can handle and yeah. what's okay for us. Yeah. It reminds me of what my goal is teaching restorative yoga, right? To invoke the, the parasympathetic nervous system to get us in that rest and digest state and to allow ourselves to actually feel the support of the props underneath you yeah. feel that safety in that moment. So it's a lot about presence, right? Yeah. Allowing yourself to be present in the moment and know that you're safe, even though you're saying things that bring up fear. Right. And when people first hear, uh, EFT and we're saying, even though I feel this stress or I feel this fear and most, so many of us are programmed to, uh, around positive psychology and you know, the power of positive things. It's like, no, 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 you can't say the negative. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, but we're, this is a cleaning process. So if your dog poops on your carpet, you don't want to sit there and say, I, I'm not going to look at the poop because if you don't look at it, you're going to step in and spread it around. Mm -hmm. You know, what we resist persists. And it's not, but this isn't a matter of just sitting on the couch and looking at the poop and just, oh, there's poop on my carpet. It's so awful. It's a matter of saying, oh, there's poop. I'm going to clean it up. And now that I've cleaned it up, I don't have to worry about it. Now I can walk around my room and, and not be distracted. And I'm not lying to myself anymore. So that's, we, we address it and, and we clean it up. And then we really have this freedom to think more clearly, to make better choices and to live better lives. And that's why you always start with the you always start with the setup statement that says, even though I feel this or this or this or this, I still fully and completely love, honor, and accept myself. And you start every single one that way. I always start that way. Uh, Gary uh, Gary Craig, the founder of EFT, actually stopped using the side. He said, "Yeah, I don't think I want to use the setup statement anymore." And you know, there, there are all kinds of different ways of using tapping. Some people use that, some people don't. For me, it sort of helps me get into the groove of what we're going to talk about. I start to come up with ideas. It's sort of a launching place for the tapping rounds. Yeah. Uh, you know, there are, again, you'll have different practitioners say, well, you have to do this or you don't need to do that. And I don't think there's one right way for anybody. And so we each do it our own way, just like musicians. It's like, okay, sometimes you're going to want to listen to Eric Clapton and sometimes you're going to want to listen to the Rolling Stones. And it's not that one way is the right, one of them plays music correctly. And uh, just sometimes we, we get different benefits from different ways of doing it. Yeah. And I love that technique because for me, it's like such a great reminder that we're approaching this practice from a place of compassion. So like, yes. 
self-compassion is we so often beat ourselves up for the issues that we have. Yeah. Oh, I'm so stupid for not having more money. Oh, I'm such an idiot for, you know, making that mistake in my relationship. And we're always doing the best we can in any given moment, given our programming and given the circumstances. Yeah. So I like to say that self-sabotage is simply misguided self-love. Mm -hmm. When we do that stupid thing, <laughs> it's because part of us, based on old misunderstandings, based on old confusing messages, said, this is what we need to do right now. Yeah. Even though we might know, this is a stupid thing. It's like, no, I know, but it's, trust me, this is what, you know, from all the information that we have, this is what we need to do. Yeah. And it helps <clears throat> extend that outwards because if I can still meet myself with forgiveness and love and compassion in these moments when I feel the shame, then I become more open. And I love the way that you say in a lot of your videos, like, and maybe anybody else who contributes. Because yes. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm totally like so still mad at my parents or whatever it is. Right, right. Um, and they were doing the best they could based on their programming, which came from people who were doing the best they could and so on and so forth. And it's really hard, especially like when we're watching the news or anything like that. And we see people doing things like, oh, my God, what is wrong with these people? Yeah. Well, they have different information than you do. And, you know, some of their information is wrong. Some of our information may be wrong. But it, it's not like they have all of the same experiences and all of the same information, but are just belligerently deciding to make a bad choice. Yeah, yeah. And so when we can get to that place of compassion for ourselves, we get to, uh, it makes it easier to get to that place of compassion for other people and then say, okay, if I can acknowledge that, then I can look for healthier ways to make change. And that's the other thing about, you know, using the tapping to calm down, it's not that it stops us from being motivated, but it stops us from making worse choices. Mm -hmm. Because when we're in that elevated state, when we're really angry or really scared, our prefrontal cortex, the part of our mind that's the more rational thinking part, it <clears throat> shuts down. <laughs> so we make really bad choices when we're really upset. Yeah. Uh, certainly don't make the best choices. So as we calm ourselves down, we say, okay, I know there's a problem. I know it needs to be dealt with. Now I want to get grounded, get present, as you were saying. Mm -hmm. And then in that place, I can come up with much better solutions. If I'm talking to someone and I don't like what they're saying, just telling them they're stupid, you know, darn it, it just so rarely works. <laughs> rarely does someone look at a Facebook comment that, that is nasty and go, wow, you're right. I have been a jerk and I am an idiot. And I am from this day forward, I'm going to make better choices because you obviously know better. Yeah. They're going to get defensive. And yeah. It, yeah. And the ego feels threatened. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, and, and they shut down to any, so any evidence you might have, it's like, well, here's the facts. Don't even don't, shut up. <laughs> I can't even hear that. It's, and, and they're doing the best they can in that moment. And if we're honest with ourselves, we tend to do that as well. <laughs> mm -hmm. I love too that um, <clears throat> you are saying like, we're working with like the thoughts, like for me, I, I started tapping um, and I was having some pretty bad anxiety and, and panic. Um, and when I was working with a practitioner one-on-one -on -one and she said, when you're in this state, 
like just do the setup statement, like just that, all this anxiety, all this anxiety. I feel all this anxiety. I still fully and completely. And um, it's been years, but just recently I had a panic attack for the first time in a long time. And I noticed that no matter what my logic told me, I couldn't stop my heart from racing. I couldn't stop my breath from shortening. It was a full body experience. Yep. And no matter how my mind was like, hey, you're safe, you're cool, everything's all right. My body was having a completely different <laughs> You're lying to me. <laughs> <laughs> and so I feel like the tapping is this way to have that somatic experience where we can- Absolutely. In the body. It, 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 deals with the, it deals with the problem where it is. Yeah. Because the problem isn't just in our mind. You know, even though the, the panic attack and the, the heart pounding may have been triggered by a thought, mm-hmm. it's like that train is already out of the station now. And to say, oh, wait, no, that's the wrong direction. It's like, <laughs> now, are- now you need to deal with the, the train on the train. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the tapping can, <clears throat> or has for me anyway, yeah. been able to get me to that point where I feel like, okay. Now I can deal with the trigger because what happens with panic, is like a snowball, right? So you start with one thought and then it snowballs and snowballs and you think, oh my God, what if this is going to happen? What if that is going to happen? And then you feel unsafe and then it can cause this like residual anxiety because you're like, what if that happens again? And I get out of control again, right? And so we can stop that before it starts to like build and build and build. Yeah. And that's what I love about tapping is that even if you don't know what words to say, mm-hmm you just, just the process of tapping will start to have that calming effect on the system. Yeah. And then some more ideas might come and it's like, Oh, this is what I'm afraid of. Afraid of that. That doesn't make any sense. Oh, okay. I have some misunderstanding that I'm holding on to. And we start to clear things out and, and we allow ourselves to feel much better. Yeah. So can we do a little tapping? <laughs> we only have a few minutes left. But. <laughs> I was going to say, Holly, we should do some tapping. Yeah. So for anyone who's listening that is unfamiliar with tapping, I'm going to quickly tell you the the basic process. So we are going to tap with the fingertips of our index and middle finger of our dominant hand. And you can, the meridians run up and down both sides of the body. So you can tap with either hand on either side of the body, just for the sake of demonstration, go ahead and take your dominant hand. And with the fingertips, tap gently on the side of your other hand. So right there between your wrist and your pinky. And uh, we gently tap there while stating what the issue is. So again, if it's just, I'm really angry at Bob, you say, okay, on a scale of zero to 10, how angry am I? Oh, it's an eight. He was a total jerk. And we tap on the side of the hand saying, even though I'm angry at Bob, I choose to love and accept myself. We'd repeat that three times. Then we'd go and tap what we call the eyebrow point. So right at the beginning of your eyebrow, right uh, right near the middle of your face. You would gently tap there, and we gently tap between five and 10 times. It may be longer, it's not an exact science. Gently tap in there and say, all this anger at Bob. Follow the eyebrow down to the outside of your uh, eye socket. So right there, the side of your eye, tap in there and saying, all this anger at Bob. Following the edge of your eye socket to right under the middle of your eye, just above your cheek, all this anger at Bob right under your nose, just above your upper lip, all this anger at Bob. 
right below your lower lip, just above your chin, all the sangre bob. Right where your collarbones just about come together, there's a little bit of a U-shape at the base of your throat. And you can just use all of your fingertips or even make a fist and tap right there where the collarbones just about meet. All this anger. And about four inches below your armpit. It's right about bra strap level. And I'm sure even the guys can figure out where that is. All this anger, Bob. And then finally the top of your head. So just using all of your fingertips and tapping around the crown of your head. All this anger. Let me take a deep breath. And then you check in again and say, okay, now on a scale of zero to 10, how angry am I? And it may have gone from an eight to a 7.75, <laughs> which, hey, even that is some release. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes it'll go from an eight to a zero very quickly. And again, because it's like peeling layers of the onion, you may be tapping along and saying, all this anger at Bob, all this, oh, you know what? It's not even Bob. It's Sally. In the third grade, she did something just like this, and I still haven't forgiven her. And Bob just reminded me of that. Mm. And so now we, we can tap and now we can clear a decades old issue. It's like this box that's been stinking up the house at a very, perhaps a very subtle level, mm -hmm. but noticeable. It's, it's controlled, you know, whatever our upset is with Sally from the third grade is, has had controlling effects on our lives. And now it's like, I can clear that out now. Yeah. So, and then we may even feel very grateful to Bob. It's like, oh, Bob, thank you so much for being a jerk. You helped me clear up a decades-old issue, and life is going to be so much better now. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the, that's the very basic version. So, you, again, you can tap without saying any words, or you can simply say whatever that, uh, the issue is. But let's have a little fun with it for a, for a moment here. So close your eyes. Take a deep breath. And I want you to think about your ideal life, or at least one aspect of your ideal life. Some success in your life you'd like to experience, personal or professional, physical or financial. And imagine yourself having achieved that success. So allow yourself to be aware of what that feels like. But also be aware of any fear, any resistance, any doubt that you might have, some part of you that says, this wouldn't be safe because the extent to which we don't have what we say we want tends to be the extent to which we're resisting it. Not because we're bad or stupid, but because we have old programming telling us it's not safe. So allowing yourself to be aware of whether you have some thoughts or ideas coming up about why it wouldn't be safe, about why you might be resisting it, or just physical sensations. You might just feel a tightness in your throat or in your stomach. Just allowing yourself to be aware of where that resistance is and on a scale of zero to 10, how intense it might feel. And go ahead and open your eyes, take another deep breath. And uh, so Holly, if you'll just repeat back the phrases that I say and then everyone else just tap where I tell you to tap and repeat back what I say along with Holly. Side of the hand. Even though I'm resisting some good things, even though I'm resisting some good things. I choose to love and accept myself anyway. I choose to love and accept myself anyway. Even though I'm resisting some good things. Even though I'm resisting some good things. I choose to love and honor myself anyway. I choose to love and honor myself anyway. Even though I'm resisting some good things. Even though I'm resisting some good things. Because part of me says. Because part of me says. 
they might not be as good as you think. Might not be as good as you think. And so part of me says. And so part of me says. It's best if we don't have this. It's best if we don't have this. It's okay to fantasize about it. Okay to fantasize about it. We're just going to make sure it doesn't happen. We're just going to make sure it doesn't happen. And even though I'm resisting some really good things. And even though I'm resisting some really good things. I choose to deeply and completely. I choose to deeply and completely. Love, honor, and accept myself. Love, honor, and accept myself. And maybe anyone else involved. And maybe anyone else who's involved. Because I choose to be that free. Because I choose to be that free. Eyebrow point. All this resistance to good things. All this resistance to good things. Side eye. All this resistance. All this resistance. Under the eye. And part of me might say. That part of me might say. Under the nose. I'm not resisting them. I'm not resisting them. Under the mouth. I totally want these good things. I totally want these good things. Collarbone. It's just the world that's not giving them to me. It's just the world that's not giving them to me. Under the arm. There are other people stopping me. There are other people stopping me. Top of the head. The government is stopping me. The government is stopping me. Eyebrow point. If it was up to me. If it was up to me. Side of the eye. I would totally be achieving this success. I would totally be achieving this success. Under the eye. No resistance on my part whatsoever. No resistance on my part whatsoever. Under the nose. And I choose to be open to the possibility. And I choose to be open to the possibility. Under the mouth. That that's my ego trying to defend me. That's my ego trying to defend me. Collarbone. And another part of my ego. And another part of my ego. Is stopping me from taking action. Is stopping me from taking action. Because if I'm totally honest with myself. Because if I'm totally honest with myself. I could consider some of the things. I could consider some of the things. That I could be doing. That I could be doing. To achieve this success. To achieve this success. Under the nose. That I'm not doing. That I'm not doing. Under the mouth. I'm not doing everything I possibly can. I'm not doing everything I possibly can. Collarbone. Whenever I have the opportunity. Whenever I have the opportunity. Under the arm. And it's not because I'm bad or stupid. And it's not because I'm bad or stupid. Top of the head. It's not that I'm weak or lazy. It's not that I'm weak or lazy. Eyebrow point. I'm just resisting taking action. I'm just resisting taking action. Side of the eye. Because I have old programming. Because I have old programming. Out of the eye. Telling me why it's not safe to move forward. Telling me why it's not safe to move forward. Out of the nose. Why it's not safe to have this thing. Why it's not safe to have this thing. Out of the mouth. Or why I don't deserve it. Or why I don't deserve it. Collarbone. And these are all misunderstandings. And these are all misunderstandings. Out of the arm. And I choose to clear them up. And I choose to clear them up. Top of the head. Because the truth about me. Because the truth about them. Eyebrow point. Is that I'm a magnificent child of the universe. Is that I'm a magnificent child of the universe. Side of the eye. Worthy and deserving of the best this world has to offer. Worthy and deserving of the best this world has to offer. Out of the eye. And nothing is too good for me. And nothing is too good for me. Out of the nose. And I can handle having things be better. And I can handle having things be better. Out of the mouth. And I'm allowing myself to know that. I'm allowing myself to know that. Collarbone. It's safe to let things get better and better. It's safe to let things get better and better. Out of the arm. So I'm setting myself free to move forward. So I'm setting myself free to move forward. 
top of the head, in body, mind, and spirit. In body, mind, and spirit. And take a deep breath. And with your eyes closed, just go inside and think again about having already achieved that success. And hopefully that feels a whole lot more comfortable, feels a whole lot safer. And uh, you may feel a lot more open. You may have ideas that are coming to mind of, oh, I have an idea of something that I could do to achieve that. Or you may be thinking about something that you already knew that you should be doing, but are now feeling, oh, I'm going to get that done. And you may have uncovered some more layers of the onion and, and become aware of, oh, now I see why I haven't been able to do this. I just totally remember this thing that my mom said when I was seven. And uh, that's why I have, I'm not allowing myself to take this action. And then you can go and tap specifically, even though mom said this, I choose to love and accept myself and clear that stuff out more specifically to the point where we realize, okay, these were misunderstandings, mine or somebody else's. And I am capable of more than I know. I love that so much. And I've been experiencing it a lot um, over the past six months, uh, just seeing a lot of ways in which I felt held back and actions that I can take and have not seen before. And now right. they're so obvious. And it's like, oh, <laughs> right. Cause I had blinders on before and I didn't allow myself to see that. And you know, the part of it says, you know, no, 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 don't look over there. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing that with me and the listeners. Um, before we hop off, can you tell the listeners how to find you and the best way to work with you? I know you have your YouTube videos, but you also have like a ton of um, great resources on your website and um, like programs and stuff that are really specific. So um. yeah, thanks. The simplest way is to just go to tapwithbrad.com uh, and tap with Brad on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube. So you can find resources there. Yeah. I, along with the, the hundreds of videos on YouTube, I do have group programs where I work with uh, live with groups. I do work with folks one-on-one -on -one, and, uh, and I do have a number of online programs that are just longer and, and, and allow folks to go deeper than I can do in the five to 10 minutes on a YouTube video. And you have a book, right? For kids. I have, I have two books for kids, actually, The Wizard's Wish and A Garden of Emotions. Okay. So, yeah, because working with uh, so many people and finding that so many of the things that blocked them happened in their childhood, it's like, you know, I really ought to create something to help <laughs> folks introduce tapping to their kids. I wish I had written it when my kids were younger. <laughs> they might have enjoyed it more learning it that way. But, uh, yeah, just finding fun ways to introduce that. and. You can uh, find that uh, on tapwithbrad.com. There's a link to that or thewizardswish.com. And you can even uh, read the book online. Okay. And if someone really wants to go super deep into an issue they've been working with for a long time, they can do that with you one-on-one -on -one and schedule Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much, Brad, for joining us today. Um, listeners, you can hang on for a moment. Stay tuned for the full moon forecast coming up. Thanks, Brad. Thank you. I 
Okay, you guys, welcome to the second portion of the show. I hope you enjoyed that podcast interview with Brad Yates. And if you have time and you want to dive deep into tapping, just check out his website and his YouTube. He has an amazing free offering of so many videos. Um, and I've tapped on so many themes with him and it's been absolutely transformational. So, um, yeah, definitely check out and do some further investigation. I'll put the link for all of that in the show notes. So we are going to jump in today to look at the upcoming full moon in Gemini. It is also a lunar eclipse and we have eclipse season twice a year. So there's generally a lunar eclipse and a solar eclipse. The lunar eclipse happens on the full moon. A solar eclipse happens on the new moon and it's either when the sun or the moon are blocked from our view. Now a total eclipse is when like the sun is completely blocked out, right? But um, generally we can have many partial eclipses as well and sometimes they are visible and sometimes they are not. Neither one of these eclipses will be visible from where I am in the northern hemisphere. However, Eclipse season happens twice a year, once during the summer solstice time and again during the winter solstice time. So what we are looking at now is a shift in the energy. Our last eclipse season happened during cancer season and for a few years now we've seen eclipses in cancer and Capricorn. But now we are starting a new eclipse journey where the eclipses will be in the opposing signs of Gemini and Sagittarius. And so they bring all new lessons. Um, and generally the way that we see this work is, um, you know, lessons and themes are introduced and then we kind of continue every six months to upgrade and move forward with them if we are really working with the lessons and the energies that are coming through. So if you want to dive deep into this, you could take a look in your birth chart, see where Gemini and Sagittarius are. Do you have any planets there? And um, you know what houses they are in? Eclipses generally are a bit volatile. So they shake up, they transform, um, they shift and move the energy a little more intensely. And so it doesn't necessarily have to be bad or scary. I think we can put a lot of like uh, fear around some of these transits like Mercury retrograde and eclipse season. Um, but really they are just bringing us more information. And so what we're going to look at is the lunar eclipse in Gemini. So this tarot forecast will encompass not just the day that the transit happens, but also the two weeks afterwards. So this is the whole full moon cycle into, um, you know, waning down into the new moon. So you can think of this from like November 30th until the 14th of December when we'll have the new moon energy coming in. Okay, you guys. So Gemini, the sign that the full moon is in, 
is the twins. And I always think of full moon energy as illuminating. So the full moon illuminates things that maybe we didn't see. It helps to show us or heighten our energy in a certain area so that we can maybe transform it or get rid of things that were in shadow. Um, To me, it feels like a time that is already kind of heightened and intense, you know, full moon, lunacy, here we go. Um, But that it helps for transformation and movement, whereas the new moon is more about planting seeds that we want to grow. So on new moons, I generally set intentions and on full moons, I focus around either release or um, more movement and action, okay? So Gemini being the twins, this is an air sign. So it likes movement. It likes thought. This is ego. This is mental patterns. And in the tarot, we also look at Gemini as the lover's card. So this is very much... um, about relationships and the way that we relate to each other, the way that we relate to the world at large, the way that we relate in general. And so with this, we can see this beautiful like freedom within union where we bring a sense of interdependency to our relationships and we learn the balance between give and receive. Okay. So it's not always about lovers, um, romance. It's about relationships relationship and we are in relationship to everything. So with the lovers, we're often looking at the way the world is reflected back to us. And if we can really take an honest look at that reflection. Okay, you guys. I also have a few announcements before we jump into the forecast. My work is changing and shifting and growing a little bit as we all do. So I am now offering a new session, a new healing session called Spirit Sessions. And these are a customized session that is still going to include the things that I do, tarot, Reiki, yoga, meditation, breath work, sound healing, all of these different um, things that I incorporate into my work. But instead of choosing just one modality, I'm combining it all to create a session that is customizable to you so that when you and I sit down together, I am channeling the medicine that is coming through uniquely and I don't need to pick and choose um, how to bring this forth. And so I'm really excited to offer this now. It feels like it's created uh, from me, from a place of love and a place of really wanting to meet you where you're at and really collaborate together to create more alignment in your energy body. And no matter if you are working on something spiritual, mental, emotional, something with work, in relationships, it doesn't matter. These sessions are designed to kind of reflect back to you where you're at and help to bring you into your own divine wisdom and really trust the process that you're in so that you leave feeling really empowered and really grounded. And I will also do, you know, 
spiritual counseling and let you know what's channeled and what comes up and give you some practical tips and tools on how to move forward. But with the the trust that you now have the knowledge to um, be your own healer and create a process that really works best for you where you're at in this moment. Okay. So those are called spirit sessions and, um, you can book them through my website, hollydramey.com. Uh, and I am also offering a Reiki level two training in January. So if you have a Reiki level one certification already, you could take Reiki level two and learn the symbols, which allow you to do distance healing. And since we're doing so much over zoom and distance right now, I thought it would be a perfect time to offer another level two training. So that's going to be in January, mid-January. So if you are interested in furthering your Reiki practice, go ahead and shoot me an email and I will set you up with that. It's going to be done over Zoom, of course, and you will learn the Reiki symbols. Um, and we dive into you know some deeper aspects of Reiki, so astral travel and um, um, using the symbols and learning the symbols and what they mean. Um, and yeah, there's a lot that that is offered in the level two. So just head over to my website and you can see the full list. I am also still going to continue on with my mentorship program. So for December, I have a couple spots open for my one-on-one sacred soul mentor mentorship. And this also includes the Reiki trainings as well, but not limited to learning tarot, uh, learning the chakra system. Um, It's really a deep dive. It's a 12 month or a 12 month, I wish a 12 week program. So we get to dive into whatever you feel most called to. The price on this is going to shift a little bit. So if you want to work with me at the current price point, go ahead and apply now. All right. Thank you guys for listening and hanging in with me there. Let's jump in to the tarot forecast now. Okay. So the main message that I pulled for us for this full moon is the five of cups. Um, and I pulled this with the liminal space card padded room. Okay. So this is an energy, the five of cups. This is an emotional energy. And I often see this around a bit of sadness, a bit of grief, um, maybe disappointment. Um, and really the medicine for this card is needing to feel our feelings. So in the writer weight deck, it's a person and they are looking at these three cups that are broken and spilling out, but there are two cups behind him that he cannot see. And so with the fives, there's this energy of like turning our gaze away from what we don't have to see what we do. And sometimes, you know, we can stay in our grief a little bit longer than we need to, and it can turn into depression or bitterness. And when I was deep in the throes of grief at one point in my life, after I had lost my brother, he, I remember very vividly sitting with a priest in the church and he told us the story and he told us that 
we had a choice to make right there in that moment, whether we wanted this experience to make us bitter or better. And I can't remember the details of the story, but I do remember I used that as a prayer and a mantra Uh, Whenever I felt so much pain and loneliness, and I went through many years of darkness after that, and there was this mantra that I used, um, and I would just keep saying and praying, please let me be better. Please let me use this experience to be better. Um, And so I always think of that when I see cards that are about grief because it does break our heart, but it's the choice if we want our heart to break open. And when it does, there's also this opportunity to receive more love than we've ever received before. And that's also why it's so, so important if you are ever around someone who is experiencing deep grief, whether it's because someone, a loved one has passed or they've lost a relationship or a job or an animal, it doesn't matter. Um, Showing up with love and compassion is so, so important for that person because it reminds them of the love that is around them in that moment. And when we are deep in moments of grief, we forget about those two cups behind us. We're so, so focused on the loss. And this this year, 2020, has brought us so much loss. There are so many lives being lost to COVID. Um, and there's just been so much divide and <clears throat> so much, so much of everything going on. And we've all been brought through this really transformational experience. And so with this card, let's choose to be better and not bitter. Let's choose to reach out to each other. Let's choose to support each other with whatever we're going through. And let's most of all choose to support ourselves and not judge ourselves because this is this is an intense year. And we need to be able to feel those feelings of intensity, of grief, of missing the things that we miss right? Of not being able to maybe spend holidays with our loved ones or hug our friends or whatever it is, whatever you are missing um, or grieving at this moment, choose to feel it and choose to acknowledge it with compassion. Yes, things will change. Yes, things will get better. Yes, we will move through this, but be with yourself, be with each other in love and compassion in the moment. Padded room is, the image in the card is a palm tree on a beach. Okay. So it's about rest and restoration. It's about taking a time out. So this might be a great time between the full moon and the new moon to go ahead and take a little break, take a little screen time break, take a little um, whatever kind of break. I don't suggest traveling right now um, with the numbers being so high, but use your discernment and take a break in whatever way you can. I'm thinking about doing a little cleanse, maybe laying off some, you know, wine or sugar, cutting out some things just to let my physical body take a rest. Um, But you might want to just disconnect from your screen an hour earlier a day or, you know, do whatever you can. Maybe commit to a meditation practice or restorative yoga practice 
or, you know, a walk around the block or a bath every day, whatever it is to you, um, to help yourself really support yourself and your emotions during this time. Okay. So the next card combo that I pulled is for what we are releasing, what we're letting go of. And I pulled the three of swords with no one is coming for you. Okay. So the three of swords is about bitterness, resentment, betrayal. It's about past hurts that we hang on to that make us bitter. Okay. So continuing on with this theme of, you know, when we let that grief, when we let that disappointment hang in the heart space and past wounds, continue with reliving these experiences in some way, they can continue to make us feel bitter or resentful. And so, you know, the lesson here is that like, no one is coming to save you, right? No one is going to come make these things. Okay. No one's going to show up and give you a resolution to this problem. It's up to you to let yourself off the hook. It's up to you to say, I'm not going to hold this anymore. I'm going to cut the cord and I'm going to let it go. How you do this is really up to you. I will say that one of the most powerful processes for me has been forgiveness, but also a, uh, a long, um, arduous process really for me, it was cause I'm stubborn of just like relearning self-trust. And as I learned to really trust myself to show up for myself in those moments of grief and sorrow or pain or whatever it is, loneliness, the more I show up for me with compassion, then the more I trust that I'll be supported and the less I need to hang on to old hurts and protect myself from potential new hurts, right? So no one is coming to save you. It is up to you to save yourself. And I think in the guidebook for this, I say something like, no one is reaching out because you are not reaching back. You know, there's this energy of not being available. Like we think that we are, but we have these unconscious patterns that are holding us back, that are keeping us and our heart really protected. And with the three of swords, you know, it's like the swords are piercing through a heart. It's like the way that we break our own heart with our mind, the way that we hang on to these experiences and relive them and even, you know, project them out onto our current reality. And like I said, it's not like we're doing this consciously, but subconsciously or unconsciously, we still have some of those patterns. So yes to releasing this. Yes to forgiving the past. Maybe on this full moon, you do a cord cutting ritual where you imagine cutting the cord between you and another being that you have had a tumultuous past with. Um, and you imagine cutting the energetic cord between you and sending light and love to them and to you as you free yourself from these old hurts. Okay, you guys. And now moving into what we are bringing in. This one made me laugh because it's the devil 
with the card, try the opposite. Okay. And the devil in the tarot is codependency. And the opposite of that is interdependency, which is the lover's card. And the lover's is the card for Gemini. So it makes perfect sense to me. So like, yes, we are bringing in the opposite of the devil, or at least the way that I read this is that we will be shown some of those codependent patterns that we are still holding on to. And we can try the opposite, right? We can go for interdependency as well. So how do we do this? Listen, the lovers and the writer deck is a picture of Adam and Eve standing in the garden of Eden, Eden underneath an angel. And then the devil is the same picture of Adam and Eve, except they are chained to the devil. Okay. They've got the shackles on, but they put those shackles on and they can just as easily take them off. And so while the devil is often like we talk about with the devil, you know, um, addiction. And we can often think of like, you know, substance abuse and screen time and shopping too much and kind of these bad habits that we want to break. But codependency is also, you know, uh, the, the way that we bond ourselves to others and we look to others to solve our problems. But listen, we've already pulled no one's coming for you. We already know that another human being is not going to show up and heal our wounds. We are ready now to take responsibility for our own healing and we don't need to outsource it. To me, codependency is chronic self-neglect. Okay, so try the opposite. Take care of yourself first. Stop putting yourself last on your list. All right. So this full moon period is going to show you the ways in which maybe even they're small. And I know they're probably small if you're listening to this, right? Because I know we've been doing this deep work. We've been doing this deep work for many years. And so there may be some remaining threads here where we have to try the opposite, where we have to say, shit, I'm still people pleasing here. Why am I doing that? I'm still, I'm still ignoring my urge to eat this food. (laughs) Why am I doing that? I'm still not, you know, whatever, drinking that glass of water. It doesn't have to be huge. It could be, but think about the little ways in which you might put your needs last on your list. That's what I feel like this energy is really going to show us as we learn how to move through this five of cups energy and bring this love and this deep sense of compassion in, then we will try the opposite. We will let go of this self-neglect and we will honor our feelings and our needs and our wants too, right? It's not all about, you know, pain and and doom and gloom over here, you guys. Like our lives are, they're, they're for living, they're for joy. And the devil also, even though he is mostly about, you know, our bad habits, he also teaches us that like, you know, fun and sexuality and creativity um, and a little bit of devil, devil is okay in our lives, right? As long as it's in moderation, as long as you're going for what you need in that moment, all right? And you're not, and you're not using it to disassociate or numb out. You're using it um, as a tool to satisfy yourself in your own pleasure. 
pleasure. So can you make room for your joy, right? Can you make room for your own pleasure here as well? All right, you guys, I really love this reading for us, even though these cards, you know, are more difficult. um, I really see us moving and expanding and growing. And that's what full moons and especially full moon eclipses are about. They're about releasing, right? Releasing what's not working so we can step into a new place. All right, so I hope that this reading served you in some way. If it did, please let me know. I'm so always so happy to hear your comments. Um, Please share it if you can, either with a friend or on social media. It helps others find the podcast. Um, And if you have time, also, uh, you can rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Again, it just helps uh, other people find me. And yeah, I will see you in a few weeks for the new moon solar eclipse in Sag. Take care.